0: It's great to see you. It's great to see you. My name is Geo Garces, and last week, if you were here, I spoke to you about crossing the Jordan. Good job. It's better that you shush them versus me shush them. Then they get mad at me. Okay. Uh, so my name's Geo, and last weekend I talked about crossing the Jordan. And I hope you enjoyed that. I'm, I'm doing a continuation because the story doesn't stop there. It actually keeps going. There's actually more things to learn about that. And the thing that I love about the Jordan Crossing was that everyone had to consecrate themselves. Everyone had to give their consent over to God. Like, I am with you. I'm going to do it your way. And the thing about that is that they did it together. They crossed together. There wasn't like one tribe that says, like, you know what, I'm not going over. No, they all went over together. And I think that's important as we give God our consent. We all have Jordans to cross, every one of us. And they can be scary. And we can feel like we're on the wrong side of God's promises. And we can feel like, hey, this is, this is, this is not the way I would do it. All throughout these accounts, you're going to find a contrast in your own heart, when you read what God tells them to do, that's not what you would do. That's not what I would do. And there comes the rub. And there comes the the moment where we decide to be faithful people and trust God and take Him at His word, or we take matters into our own hands and solve our challenges. So in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, there's a, Paul writes this letter and he makes a mention of things that are written in the Old Testament. He, he says there's some value to the history. He says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through in the endurance taught in the scriptures, the endurance, and the encouragement They provide us with hope. It gives us hope to look back. So that's why we're looking back at these stories. We're looking back because there is something about some of these stories that is going to give you endurance. It's going to give you hope. It's going to motivate you. It's going to inspire you. And today's topic is Jericho. When they crossed the Jordan, it was one of the first fortified cities that had to be taken. And so this is the account of Jericho. Just to give you a little map, I do love maps. I was a geography major in college so I'm now using my degree. (laughs) So this is exciting for me, It's exciting, exciting stuff. So these things here are called contours and they're elevated land. So this here is flat, that's elevated. So they're going into an elevated area just before the mountainside there is Jericho and they're kinda, kinda stationed at Gilgal there. A little little zoom-in map. Here's uh, Jericho, and this is where they think the Israelites camped out right here, and then they a- attacked Jericho. So just to give you a little bit of a picture, this is kind of the promised area. And after this battle, he divides the promised land into two, and then you know he he does he does conquer the land as God <laughs> told him. So this is after the crossing. Everyone's excited. We're learning from our past. And in verse 1 of Joshua 6, if you have your Bible, turn that, if you, don't, if you want to look on the board and, and do that, that's great too. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred be- because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. You know, Jericho is, is said by the archaeologists to be one of the oldest cities in history. Almost 10,000 years B.C. established. It was set on a strategic location. They were kind of on higher grounds. And they, and they had walled their city around. It was about eight or nine acres in size, but it had two protective walls. A little, little artist rendition of Jericho, what it might have looked like. Two different walls, art on the hillside, just before the mountain. It's sitting on this strategic plateau. And the people there, they basically shut the city down. There was no buses, no more taxis. It was shut down because they had heard about the Israelites. In fact, they didn't just hear about them crossing the Jordan. They heard about them 40 years ago when God parted the Red Sea and they crossed. They heard about that story. We know that because Rahab said, hey, we know about you guys, and we know that your God is powerful. You see, back then, everyone had a local God, the God the God of the harvest, the God of this, the God of that. But they knew the Israelites had the God of gods, the God most high, Jehovah, Yahweh. He was different, so they were absolutely scared. Remember back when you were growing up when before there was the uh, 24-hour news cycle and someone knocked on your door and you wouldn't look through the peephole. You just go and open it. Hey, how's it going? Come on in. You'd have all this, you wouldn't, ringing the doorbell and never, never alarmed you. Answering the door never, we rarely looked at the people. We, we know it was something we knew. Now your doorbell rings? Did you invite anybody here? Did you invite anybody over? Especially at nighttime. Sometimes my house is shut down because I don't want something bad on the outside coming in on the inside. Jericho was absolutely shut down. The Bible says their hearts melted with fear because the people of Jericho knew that God was leading them. So, in verse 2, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, Along with its kings, its king, and fighting men. Now, just, a, just that statement alone is two things. They've not yet taken the city, but yet God says, I've, deliv- I've already delivered it. This, there's a concept here that I want us to really try to embrace as, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as disciples. That we begin to be in the practice of taking God at His word. He, has de- he says, I have delivered Jericho, and they haven't done anything yet. I've delivered them into your hands, you know, with its king and fighting men. You know, Jericho was a city established 10,000 B.C., and it lasted a long time because they were good at fighting. They were good at defending. They had valiant, famous men who defended their cities time and time again. It was a very militaristic city. That's why it stood for so long. But I want us to see that God does things before we realize them. And he's trying to encourage us just to believe what he says. So so he goes, march around the city once with all the armed men. March around the city with with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you, hear them, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. You know... I think about the strategy of taking Jericho. At age 17, I joined the United States Army. They teach you how to do, how to have war cry, shout, kill, train you. There's a lot of ex-soldiers and ex-sailors here. And the military, this is not how you want to take a city. Joshua has 40,000 fighting men. Jericho's population was about 20,000. Joshua is a general of the army. The military plan is to lay a siege, get some battering rams, siege ladders, cut off its water supply, starve them out, less casualties. The Babylonians did that in Jerusalem. They laid siege to it for almost two years. And they starve the Israelites into submission. And then there's God's plan. You know, in my plan, I don't send the marching band in. I don't send these guys in. Look at the guys on top. What are they doing? What is, I mean, is it means—they're a military man. They're expecting see. They're expecting warfare. They're hardening themselves for battle, and then they see their armed men and these guys blowing trumpets. That is not how I would have done battle. And it must have been so perplexing to the to the to the warriors in Jericho. What are they doing? Which brings us to God's plan. What was that? March around the city in silence for six days. And on the seventh day, march around it seven times and shout. In other words, put your total dependence in the Lord and take Him at His word. Can you believe that? Marching around the city of Jericho. There's the Ark of the Covenants out there. What a scene that must have been. And then total silence. You just try being quiet for half an hour. Try that. <coughs> Think about it, That's some pretty good discipline, right? These are soldiers out there. That's, pretty, that's some pretty good discipline. In the ancient war, they liked to have war cries. It kind of got you fired up. If you're going to go into battle, you, wanna go, you don't want to go in the battle too quiet. You want to get kind of geared up. So, in verse 6, So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, so he got instruction from God, and then now Joshua is is going to transfer the message to the people. And I want you to take notice of this. He says, Take up the ark of the Lord of the covenant and have seven priests carry the trumpets in front of it. And And then he ordered the army, advance around the city with armed guard going ahead of the of the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua took God at his word. He didn't change the plan. You know, a lot of times we can open our Bibles, we can read it, and it's very clear on what things we should do, depending on what part of life you're in. It's very clear. And we can read it and then do the opposite so easily. Because when, when conflict happens, it really reveals whether we take God at His word. Isn't that surprising? God is, God is a very specific model for marriage and the roles of each person in the marriage and the family and everything else. How to resolve conflict, how to raise your children. It's all there. It's written in the book, the good book. But we deviate when conflict happens. I know, mean, for me, I, ch- I like to choose the easier route. What's the most efficient way possible to get this bump moving along? <laughs> you ever do that in your house? How can I just get this over with because it's torturous? All, I will pretend to give an I'm sorry, but it's really meaningless, right? You ever do that? I'm sorry. Sorry for what? Oh, now we're getting deep. I don't want to go, I, I want to say why. It's a hard issue. I want to keep it up here. I just said I'm sorry. Everyone say you're sorry to each other, and then it's over with. Right? That's my plan. God's plan says go a little deeper into the heart. You want metanoia. You want heart change. You want mind change. I want behavior change. It's a lot more efficient in my world. Just Be quiet. Go to your room. I don't want to hear about it. Deal with no heart. Or let's sit down. Hey, why are you saying... Well, Daddy, you said, oh, it's it's about me. Definitely go to your room. Oh, get up there. It's not about me. We all have our plan. And what i got to work on is take God at his word. Be the father. Be like the way God treats me. Gentle, slow to anger, full of compassion. My plan is, you know, full of irritability. Full of quick solutions. Full of, let's get this over with. But not, not God's plan. You know, the nature of Christianity and our weapons to fight is different from these guys. This, this was their culture. This is what they did. This is this ancient warfare. Just go to historychannel.com. It was a ruthless society. It was warfare. Our spiritual weapons are different. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of darkness, against the destruction, the, these, the, the, the destruction of these fortresses in our hearts spiritually. It's prayer. It's faith. It's relying on the truth of the scriptures. Th- those are our weapons of war. And these trumpets... What's the meaning of the trumpets? Well, it it signified in many ways the presence of God. You know, maybe one day you're going to hear the trumpets of the Lord one day. And when you hear the trumpets of the Lord, you know what that means? Jesus is coming. Because he's going to be coming with trumpets. We're going to hear it again. If you're alive to see that, you will hear the trumpets. The presence of God. And so, they advanced around the city. In verse 8, when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. And the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were blowing, were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, then the, arm return, then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. You know, the discipline it takes to just to be still and know that I am the Lord. I mean, so many times I want to freak out. I mean, I can feel it in my bones sometimes. Just, I can't sit still. Even in fellowship, I ask too many questions. Did that to Hunter this morning. How was your? What would you like? What food? What is it? And the brother goes, hey, just give him one question. I was like, oh, yeah. Got too excited. You know, when I was growing up, I was in about fifth grade, and I, uh, or sixth grade, I was junior high, and uh, I was new, and I was going home through the grass field behind the buildings because it's easier shortcut. And I saw a fight of two students, junior high. There's like 12 kids surrounding everybody. as a circle. You guys probably seen this growing up circle. And there were the guys. And one of the guys, he's like, Woof, 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 whoo, whoo. And then I was like, wow, that guy's, man, that guy's going to win. And the other guy's just standing there staring at him, backpack still on. I was like, dude, that guy better—he looks scared. He just stood there, no emotion, just stood there. And the other guy was just—I fu- was like, oh, this is going crazy. So, like a good sixth grader, I stuck around. <laughs> it's getting pretty exciting. So they circle each other, and one just blank stare. The other one just—you know—he's bouncing around, jumping around, and then they engage in combat. And the guy that was, was yelling and screaming and shouting and going erratic, he was on the ground, and the, and the other guy, the quiet guy, was just punching him in the face. <laughs> I was like, I never thought. I didn't, you know, at grade I'm like, no, he shouldn't be the, the guy that's the loudest should be the winner. And there was this quiet guy. And I think about them marching around and. And these warriors are going, why are, why, where's the war cry? Why aren't they fired up? Why aren't they screaming? You know, when I was, uh, in my college days, I was in mixed martial arts, and I got to fight guys in a cage, and that was kind of exciting. And I remembered that guy who was quiet. He would help me. I'm going, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to stare and look. I mean, inside, I was still scared. Don't get me wrong. But that guy was jumping around, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I've seen these guys before. <laughs> kind of gave me a little bit of encouragement. I go for it. It's a good question. <laughs> eight and one record. It's eight wins, one loss. Lost my very first one but then I beat him again. I mean, I fought him again and I won, which is awesome. But that's not the point of the lesson. <laughs> but it feels good to say that though. <laughs> so don't give a war cry. Don't raise your voices. Don't say a word and I know and I and I think there's a lesson for us to learn. Hey, we got to learn sometimes to be still and let god do his work. Sometimes we want to tinker too much when he lays out a plan, trust it. And then we want to take action because we don't like the wait in the process. You know, in today's in today's world, just waiting a day is almost I haven't got a text back. And we freak out. 20 I haven't got a, I know he read the text. I know and we just can't wait. Maybe he's praying about it. Maybe he's taking it to God. Maybe he's consecrated. No, he has to answer now. I mean, we almost freak out when we don't get a text back. Because everything we want it now. And it erodes our ability to sit and wait on God. You know what? I couldn't find this computer last weekend. It was, it, was, it was gone. It was missing. And there's nothing I could do. And I was just so stressed. And my son's like, Dad, pray about it. And then go to bed. Cause you saw me opening the fridge like every 20 minutes, like, God, what's in here? What's in here? What's in here? Then I thought about Marty. Marty's not gonna like I'm doing this. Mar- Marty's helped me, you know, lose some weight and get in shape. So I'm thinking, like, no, Marty's gonna ask me tomorrow. Can't do that. Can't do it. But I wanted to eat, Marty. I didn't want to pray. I wanted to eat. I want her to eat the stress away. And so, Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. In verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. There's that band again. And the armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of God while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once, returned to camp. They did this for six days. I wonder if their consecration helped them stay focused. I wonder if their decision to set themselves apart helped them stay focused. I wonder if their consistency helped them stay focused. You know, Sunday mornings are awesome. And I, I feel so encouraged on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. I feel this is incredible. We have our family night Sunday nights. And then it comes Monday. It's a whole new day. But if I'm not consistent in reminding myself that I belong to the Lord, my Mondays turn bad, stressful again. And I want to, I, I what area I'm growing is, I'm going to God when I, I'm aware of my stress, when I'm aware of my fears, when I become aware, I can go to God in that distress. It may not change the reality, man, but my heart does change. I look at it differently. You know, in Hebrews 11, it, it makes, a, it makes a, a, a statement about Jericho. By, the, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. It doesn't say after the armies laid siege to Jericho. It doesn't say that military plan was successful. It says they marched around it. Marching is good for military men, but we get bored really fast. Combat is why men join the military, most of them. They want to risk it all. For the military guys in this room, they understand that. There's a part of them that likes warfare. They engage in it. But God's plan is at times, most of the time, different than our plans. His mindset is different than our mindset. That's why it's so important for us to take God at his word. And this is the evidence. This is a story that you can go, wait, I can take God at his word. In verse 15, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city, this time seven times in the same manner. Except on that day, they circled it seven times. The seventh time around, the priests sounded the trumpet blast. Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute. All of who are with her in her house, shall be spared, because she hid the spies, we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction, bringing trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into His treasury. Then the trumpets tr- uh, sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet. When the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men, women, young, old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. You know, archaeologists have been to Jericho, and they've uncovered it, and they've they've been in there for a long time, and they've excavated it. You might have already Googled this, but the walls fell flat. There was one little section that didn't fall. There was one section, but everything else fell. You know, Rahab lived in a section that was attached to the wall. And I wonder if that was her section. Didn't fall. It didn't fall flat. You know, they also found... Um, uh, containers containing wheat and, and, and barley and, and sustenance that would hold them for a, for a long siege. They had stored it because the Israelites were coming. In typical warfare, is you lay siege to a fortified city, and they were ready to hold out for a long time. And they found that in there. I found that to be very, very, wow. The wow going, that's pretty cool, because they didn't lay siege to it. Archaeology is just confirming what we can read here in the story. In James 2, it says, You see, that faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Writing about how faith and action, we can look at the ark, we can have our eyes right, our heart right, but if we don't move our feet, if we don't take God at his word, It's not complete. God says they have to be together. It's the two sides of one coin. So taking God at his word, God's plan and how to be a follower of Jesus is in there. How to resolve conflict, it's in there. I mean, specifically how to do it. Like, you can't go wrong how to do it. Mm-hmm. But we always seem to botch that one up. <laughs> we always mess that one up. You go, go to them. Okay, did you go. So, well. bring someone else. Talk about it again. And bring, okay, talk about it. And, okay, thank you. Thank you. We always mess that one up. It's like, I don't want to go. I want to be quiet. I'm hurt. I'm going to sulk. <laughs> and I'm going to sulk some more. And then I'm going to tell my best friend. And then they're going to sulk with me. We always mess that up. And I wonder if we just take him at his word, how quick these, because when we don't solve that one, we miss so many people out there. This church becomes like inwardly focused. And we can't even focus outside because we're hurt, you know, we're damaged. It's real hurt. I'm not saying it's not but there's a specific plan that God says. Amen. But our plan always, you know, we want to do it our way. And then there's how to resolve, how to live in, 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 the, in the relationship of being married. What's the wife's role? What's the husband's role? Work together, be partners. The more and more, the longer I'm married, the more I'm going, Whoa, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I'm like, I can't believe it's going to be 17 years next week. I can't believe this. I can't believe it. Karen has put up with this for 17 years. Unbelievable. How does she do that? She's really great at apologizing. And I like that about her. But I'm convicted about it as well. Because I always find, like, a fault in her. Like, you, you can apologize first for that, and then I'll be totally humble, you know. I'll be <laughs> completely humble. I was, like, the walls will fall down, you know. <laughs> always, like, you know, waiting. Like, if you go first, then I'll, like, lay it all. You know, I always, I'm always, like, scared to go first. You don't know why. She's great at going first. How to raise our kids. Man. It's love. Teach him, right? Spend time with him. You know, put your arm around him. Son got lost the other day, you know, missed his carpool. And he walks down to in and out Burger. And I talked to him, and I say, hey, so why don't you go back to the office and safe zone and call us? He had a plan. It's going on in and out Burger because I felt like it what he said. I was like, I don't want to crush the, the man in him. Good. What did you do when you got there? I said, I was hungry. I, said, I only had two bucks. I was like, what'd you do? I borrowed seven bucks. I said, okay. From who? Ah, some guy just, you know, I, I see around in school. I said, so make sure, I said, son, my advice make sure you have seven bucks on Monday because he might be coming back looking for it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got some money. And then he, you know, then he called me from In-N-Out Burger. Say, you know, say, Dad, I missed my carpool. I'm In-N-Out. And And then I was all negotiating the the carpool lady, did they get there? And your heart's like, (laughs) like, stay calm. I can't text him. Typo. I hate you. You're trying to stay calm. Your phone's fumbling. You're sweating. Going, why is my son in In In-N-Out? Why is he not protected in the sanctuary of the school? You know, all these things are just freaking you out. He's never done that before. Then I forget. I did that all the time. What kind of parent am I? I didn't go home until it was dark. When I was, when I was in elementary school, I went home with a friend and didn't 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 even bother to call my parents. And at nine o'clock at night, they came knocking at my friend's door and they found me. Worried, sick. Where were you? I said, I was just hanging out with my friend. <laughs> What's the problem? And there I was, freaking out. <laughs> and so was Karen. There's God's plan, and there's your plan. How do they compare? Maybe you're, maybe from last week to this week, you're still on the other side of the Jordan. You're still like, well, I'm still back at the Jordan. I haven't crossed it yet. I don't know about consecration. Maybe it's time to follow God's plan. Either way, now's the time to consider your plan. Revise it and take God at his word. Thanks for your time, guys.